Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We've become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley. Why? Because you've all identified our show and this place and this station on this day at this time to be the source and the guidepost for truth seekers everywhere. The Point is the home of factualism, and uh, many of our expert listeners tune in to us every week for the facts and for my opining on those facts. So we appreciate you being with us today. Thank you all for tuning in. Today we have with us Trish Haight. She's on the PAGOP State Committee out of Blair County. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hey, Clay, how are you? Good, good. I think we're all doing a little uh, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a, a bit of a concern here with the way the court ruled in Texas. And I think the court ruling in Texas still leaves open his other court cases. So we, you know we just need to encourage people that the courts are going to do what they're going to do. and, and you know we also need to encourage them that God is sovereign and God is in control. And God's got us to this point in our life. I mean, Trish, I mean, what points of hope can we share? Well, like you said, there is other cases. <laughs> the time uh, is running out, though. And um, and the hope is in our sovereign God, like you said, that um, Christ is in control. And all this is happening definitely for a reason. I know there's many people that are feeling lost tonight, um, almost stunned. Uh, people that have spent hours and hours in um, voter registration and knocking on doors and going to rallies and thanking our president for all the wonderful things he's done for us in a situation where he was attacked day in and day out hour by hour, and that man still stands strong and straight. Yeah. And there's hearts that are breaking tonight. There's just hearts that are breaking. Yeah. And um, I told you before that um, just yesterday, General Flynn wrote a letter to the president and said that if the courts are going to show up and do their job, and the uh, legislature will not do their job just as Abraham Lincoln had to do, that he must declare martial law. These are times like we've never seen before. I mean, you have to wake up and pinch yourself. Like, what the heck happened to our country? Well, you know what's, what's Why? Amazing, you're right, Trish. And what's amazing? What's amazing to me is how we've we've now corrupted and twisted the truth how encouraging hope is now considered harpless with regards to the plague, the Chinese plague, where staying cheerful oh. is an insult to those that are fearing the virus. You know, it's, it's oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's this, these are things that dis, that discourage a lot of people. I mean, because look, we're standing for the right. And I think, you know, and, and I think, I mean, obviously our listeners here today are doing this as well, but I want to encourage everybody because, I mean, I think there's still hope and the election's not over yet. But I do think that, uh, you know, we have to understand that, you know, what, where do we go from here? And, and how, we, how do we go from here? How do we proceed from here? 
But the Chinese state-run media, okay, and, and you know, the, this, is, the, this isn't it, okay? We're not China, okay? Yeah. I think the Democrats would like us to be China, but we're not China. Now, the problem, the fake news, okay, will get a belly full, um, and, and they're, but they're also not, you know, they're, 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 they've been saying that Trump has an obligation uh, with regards to, to the virus. They've been saying he has an obligation to confirm our most irrational fears, and Trump has failed to do right. that to them. But I think I think when we look at what's happening right now, we see these this crazy fifth dimensional thinking with regards to well, the, the we, we we now have Governor Wolf with these unlimited shutdowns kicking in again, and uh, they want to they want to make people unhappy, they want to make pe- make people depressed, they want to they want to make the people pay, okay, for standing for the right and decent, and they're calling Governor Wolf's election a fraud. Okay, well, many of us will remember this. We know what we know. This election was a fraud, and I think going forward, right. the state assembly is going to have to, like you said, you and I said in the prior conversation, the state assembly is going to have to get their handle on this election and make sure that the next elections we don't have any problems with this write-in ballot stuff and uh, and and but what. You're going, need, you're going to need all new legislators, Clay, in order to <laughs> accomplish that. You will need all new legislators that have a will to do it. And, you know, the Democrats are very um, skilled at saying uh, and blaming uh, Republicans for exactly what they're doing. And, you know, throughout Biden's campaign, he kept saying dark times are coming. Yes, but he's creating them. You know, he wants we, to that's create what them. we feel like. You know, that's right. right. You know, we feel like we're in dark room punching their way through to try to find the light this and is the dark the darkness the dark despair that biden brings to us right now trish i mean these democrats claim that taking your mask off or not wearing your mask is questioning covid theology or committing some spiritual right, obscenity right. i mean this is how crazy this has <laughs> got i mean he's telling people to, to wear their masks in home trish I know. Did you see the um, report on Newsmax where they had a, a demonstration of what the mask actually does? And when you would normally cough without a mask, there would be this funnel shape away from your body and all, all the germs would go away from you. But when you wear the mask and cough, it actually rises up through the top of the mask and into your eyes. And <laughs> the other thing is... <laughs> ridiculous and the other thing is when someone uh you know would cough at you if all these doctors are getting um uh, this virus well if your eyes can also uh take in these these little uh particles so it's it's just craziness i mean we have shut down the world for um stats that well, first of all, we don't know what the stats are because we're not getting true information. But, you know, 175,000 people die every year from influenza. OK, 150 to 175,000 people die of influenza. But we don't shut down the world. And um, what they found out about the uh, so-called COVID is it's a coronavirus. And coronaviruses were labeled that in, in the mid-1960s. But the, it's been with us for hundreds of years. And, and what's key about this is these tests are not um, sophisticated enough to differentiate the strains. So, in other words, 
if you were to try to scam a whole globe, you would pick coronavirus because a cold is a coronavirus. Many of us who would get tested, who doesn't even, don't even have symptoms, they're saying you would come up positive in these tests for coronavirus. And if you notice, the only numbers they, they give you are those that they say another case of coronavirus. They don't tell you the stats that we're not dying from it. Uh, and think about it, people. Uh, you have friends and family members that have had it. I have too. And they've been sick for two days, maybe three days. If they had uh, more than one com- uh, comorbidity, like they're 80 years old and they have heart problems or they're diabetics, um, yeah, it, it has killed them. But so would the flu and so would uh, pneumonia. So um, that's people feel like they're in the twilight zone. Well, what's, what's amazing is that Wolf went out. And he's now declared unlimited shutdown. Look, they, these Democrats are wrecking the economy with these lockdowns. Okay, and they're scaring people into using into into using these masks, promising these people they're going to be safe. Okay, and they're the same people who tell you to wear a mask while you jog, while you cut grass, while you drive your car, while you're in your house, while you're standing alone on the beach. This is an insult to common sense and science. And you're telling these people to disregard confidence, the confidence, as you just stated, the confidence that they're going to have and they're gaining because they're seeing people survive this COVID. They see that their trips to the grocery store every day and the gas station and the retailers, they're surviving it. So they're gaining confidence in life. They can actually beat the virus. And then we got Biden saying we have a a cold, dark winter coming. They want that. They want this reset. They want to trash this economy so they can rebuild it in their own image. But this, this is. I mean, I mean, to me, this is all of, of a, a form of obedience training. This isn't about public health. It is. It's mm-hmm. obedience because training. you can't buy food. You can't buy food without a mask now. Right. Right. Think about that. No, and I know it. I know it. I mean, you know, and they're, and what what they're doing too is they're establishing sort of a totalitarian cruelty, okay? And we had that we had that nitwit out of out of Michigan, that that uh, state senator out there who just got thrown off the committees because she was threatening people. That one, uh, you know, she's uh, what's yeah. her name? Cynthia Johnson. Yeah. Cynthia Johnson telling make, everybody make yeah, make them, them pay. pay, make them mm-hmm. pay. Well, right. let me just. Tell you. Let's help our listeners understand here in Southeast Pennsylvania, because they understand what make them pay means. That's a threat. And I believe we got Biden. uh, And right now you've got Tom Wolf trying to make people pay with these with these lockdowns. They want to they want to shut down the restaurants. They want to send people home without pay. Okay, And uh, just before the holidays, they want to send people home. They want to make people miserable. This is all about making people miserable. They want to see how far they can push us. That's what they're doing. This is all a form of obedience. Well, Let's see how far they can push us. Governor Wolf, Wolf does want to make people miserable. He said that there's no Christmas tree in the Capitol. No Christmas tree. And there were um, several congressmen, God bless them, I don't know uh, their names, but I heard that they they said, the heck with this. We're putting up a Christmas tree. <laughs> they were playing Christmas carols in right. the Capitol. So, um, but that's a secret. The hope is... Are you going to fight back? Well, or are the, you just going to acquiesce to this? Well, and I think that's what the it hope is. is in us. Yeah, and that's it's what it in is. Us. The hope's in us. And everyone who, right, the hope's in us, when, well, in God and in us. 
And, um, you know, uh, in the uh, Old Testament, God said, uh, go and, and do battle. But but he didn't say, no, sit home and just pray. And don't worry, guys, I got your back. I'll take care of this. No, uh, God calls his people into action and they have been absent. And so that's the hope. Is this enough to wake you up? Is this enough to get you uh, into action again? After you, after tonight and you get used to your new normal, are you going to just sit back on the couch again? Or are you going to shake yourself and say, I have to be the change. I can't go on living like this. I can't do this for my children and oh, my grandchildren. Let, enough is not, enough. We're not going to let these Democrats, okay, defund the police. We're not going to let them eliminate ICE. We're not going to let them give favored nation status back to China. We're not going to let them eliminate border walls, and we're not going to work. We're not going to allow this to happen without a fight. Of course, we're going to. We're, we're not okay. going to allow them to allow so, sanctuary so cities and open borders to exist. Not without a fight. We're going to be up there making a lot of noise. That's what we have to do. Exactly. Right. When you say fight, you have to tell the listeners what does that mean. That doesn't mean staying at home and just making phone calls. Why does Antifa get so much attention? Because they're in the streets. And so we have to be at the Capitol steps and we have to be screaming and we have to say that we're not going to do this. And in your towns, when they try to defund your police, you have to be at those town meetings. Say, no, you're not. When the schools are dictating to you and brainwashing your children and giving them propaganda, you have to be at at the school board meeting saying, no, you're not. That's the, the only that's hope, right. Clay. And, and, right. And, and then right. and then making sure people know what the options are. Take your kids out of these public schools. Look, the bottom the bottom line is they haven't, they, you know, I remember, well, in history, you look at the South when the South fought the Civil War. The South won the Battle of Bull Run, which was the first battle. And I remember when that happened, the North, the Northern troops were licking their wounds and everybody was thinking, oh, my goodness, we just got our clocks clean. The South was glowing all over the place. But it was it was four years later, four long years, and the South lost because they didn't have right on their side. We have right on our side, and that's just the bottom line. You know, your their policies don't make logical sense, and so when we're out there fighting, yeah. I mean, what I mean by fighting, I mean voting, I mean I mean making calls, I mean discussing with people the policy differences between insanity and sanity. Okay, by discussing with these people what the policy differences are so people understand. I mean, this is where we're at. And so you have to people have to understand there's a huge difference between people that want to defund the police. okay, and eliminate ICE and people that want law and order. And nobody wants to defund the police. Nobody wants nobody wants this. And you know what? Uh, For too many years. Uh, people have been drinking the Kool-Aid and they've been accepting the fact that, no, let's not talk about religion or politics in public. Why do you think Islam is one of the fastest growing religions in the world? Because they talk about it all the time, on the corners, every person they can talk to. And that's what we have to do. I mean, we have to, if we want freedom of speech, we better start using it. And we better start telling our family and our friends, no, this is why. You know, years ago, um, uh, this was interesting, and it was, this was Newsmax again. They said, um, why do we have such weak Republicans? 
And they did a study and they found out that they're married to liberals. What's interesting about this is the male that's married to a liberal won't put the Trump sign on his front yard. But the conservative woman who's married to the liberal will put the Trump sign on the front yard. And that's very interesting. Uh, So we have to start standing up for who we are, no matter what. It's just, and we have to get much more stronger people in Congress that, that can stand up for the Constitution, for the United States of America, and for the values that our fan, founding fathers died for. Or, or we have given it up. We have just well, given it up. Well, what, one thing is for sure, there's a, there's a, there's a con, uh, prepositional phrase that's in the Bible 44 times. It's, it's, it's the words, but God. It's used 44 times in the King James Version. And uh, when it, it, it kind of joins two parts of the sentence. Whenever you're reading the sentence in the verse where the where the where the where the phrase "but God" is before the that phrase, you have a dire situation, and then after that phrase, you have God's intervention in some in some um, divine intervention in some way. And so, remember, folks, and remember, but God, uh, we don't know what's going to happen here. We don't know, but God does does know and let me uh and i do want to point to something that trish has been talking about because i think it's important that we understand the lawmakers she's talking about all these lawmakers that we have that we're disappointed with the the fact that so many lawmakers aren't seemingly putting up much of a fight i think what we have a lot of and 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 we have people out there that need to understand so let me explain what an establishment republican is an establishment Republican is sort of like a country club card holder of the Republican Party. Okay, uh, they, they're they're seemingly indifferent on what the Demo- the Democrats and the deep state attempts are to to change things. They're kind of indifferent on things. They just like being and they just like being where they're at, and they like being in the minority. They like getting along with people and. Kind of just being there, you know, like the just giving them some ideas once in a while, and I guess just getting along. But they seemingly aren't concerned about the, the obvious things that are going on with the election fraud that we just talked about, the anomalies in the election. And our listeners here are just very concerned because they don't understand why it seems that these people don't see the crisis. Okay. Now, what I want to point out is, all right. These are just never Trumpers. That's what they are, never Trumpers. So what it is is that Trump has actually created a scenario, phenomenon, where they, their hatred towards Trump, their hatred towards the type of person he is, has eclipsed, has totally eclipsed their seeing the facts on the ground. They don't see the crisis because all they can see is Trump. Okay, they don't see the crisis. They don't think there's a crisis. They don't believe the country's there. They think that, you know, they, they, they just see that, you know, all they can see is their disdain towards Trump. They see no danger. They don't see any risks. You see, what, what there is is a major, they, they don't understand there's a major threat to the country. They don't see it. But I think, I think if Trump fight. wasn't there, I they would. I think they're more worried about threats. Threats to themselves. They're worried about themselves. These establishment Republicans, it's more than that. They're just wor- worried about themselves. And, and, and that's what skews their, uh, their perception. But well, we have to get smarter candidates 
we've got to get candidates who knows who know, not just have read the Constitution, but understands the Constitution of Pennsylvania and the United States Constitution. This is what happens. They get into office and they rely on their staffers, quote, and they rely on their attorneys because they don't know what the heck they're doing. And these staffers have been in play for a long time. We, I, uh, John Eichelberger, who was a representative here in Blair County, years ago I went to him and I said, you know, John, our real problem is the, the, uh, bureaucrats, those who have been, you know, you have a president for four, four years, but these bureaucrats can be in there for 40 years. And these, these right. bureaucrats, I don't know how many people tell you that if you try to get a job in politics, especially in Washington, you better be a Democrat. Well, this has been going on for 40 years. And these people are like plants. They're like little spies for the party within all our, our levels of government. Uh, FBI, CIA, you name it, they're there. Uh, all the lower bureaucracies. Well, what, That's what, what, a real problem. Yeah. What I want to point out, though, and, and again, is is where, and again, I agree with you, we, we have to understand how to spot people like that. And I, I just believe that, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to presume God's will here. I mean, I, I know I, I wish cast a lot. I was wish casting this Texas case would go through. But I mean, it does come oh, yeah. down to, it, it does come down to what, but God. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen here. We don't know. I think that, that the scales are going to be pulled back from so many people. And they're going to see these Democrats for what they are. They're going to see these Democrats for the for what they are. They're going to see them for the for the fact that these people oftentimes find themselves, you know, I mean, just seemingly looking for gloom and looking for doom at the last term. They look for it every channel chance they get. I mean, what I what I think that people in this country are going to see, they're going to see these Democrats did in fact wreck the economy. They're going to see these Democrats. Are, are are condemning people out there every day, threatening people out there every day, you know, creating, you know, in league with the fake news. But I, I also can believe, too, as well, and I, I want to point this out, I, I think that you're going to see the, the scales pull back on who the threats really are in this country. And, I mean, we're going to find, for instance, okay, we're, they're going to they're gonna identify, okay, the crisis that we're in. And, I think when that happens, it's going to be a big change. I mean, these Democrats don't have anything good in store for this country. And once they start putting out these bad ideas, like I can just see this one flying. Okay. I love this idea that Democrats have. The Democrats want to, uh, they want to let 16 year old kids vote. Or that's going to fly wonderfully. Or no, no, they want to, yeah, they they want to stack the Supreme Court. Gee, I wonder what's going to happen with that. Okay. That's going to, that's going to be a, Another another problem. They're going to put forward all these all the things that they debated in their debates, all their bright ideas in their debates, whether it's favored nation status for China. I like to see them defend that. I want to see them defend that. Okay, see, they, they can't defend the indefensible. They can't stand up for the insane. Okay, and the irrational. They're going to have to get to the meat and potatoes. And I think right now they've got people in league with them who are in league with them merely for the fact that they don't like Trump. And that's the tragedy. But once they secure power, you know, it doesn't matter whether they make sense or not. 
I mean, they will have it and they will make sure they never lose it again. And once they have control, which they have, of um, this software, um, at this election process, the only thing that might wake up uh, these um, rhinos is if, hey, um, they can control whether or not you get in too. So, um, but my bet is they, they would just play the game to get along and say, well, I'm on your side, so don't worry about me. But it's it's uh, going to be very difficult um, to to break this um, power wall that they have now. It really is. And um, like I said, well, we can just, run new you people. Gotta, you gotta be awake. you got to be awake on election day. And I think the thing of it is, is that the state assemblies cannot allow ever again to have an overwhelming number of ballots be sent to them and canvassed in one day. They're going to have to have pre-canvassing. They're going to have to have rules in place to watch the ballots. People want a fraud-free election. You, I mean, one thing I can tell you, even though they won this, even if it comes out, and we don't know yet because there's still some cases out there, but even if the worst yeah. happens and they think that and, and they win, there's going to be people not wanting fraud in these elections. They're not going to be wanting mail-in ballots to be sent everywhere. They know that they're, okay, what so happened that, happened. You realize 70% so of this do, country, 70% of this country, 65 or so, believe Trump had this election stolen from him. They believe Trump right. had this election stolen from him. That's not going to change. But answer, Clay, answer me this, though. If we, if we couldn't... I mean, our legislators have gotten thousands and thousands of phone calls to tell them to uh, do the resolution and and here in Pennsylvania and to state that this um, uh, election had way too much fraud to send pro elector uh, uh, pro electors to the electoral college. So if if that much pressure hasn't changed them, what makes you think that? Um, they're going to even care about election law. And if they're not, how do the listeners um, affect change? Well, I mean, that's a, great, that's a great question. So, I mean, you've got our legislators are elected every two years. So they're, right. constant, they're, constant, they're in constant re-election mode. Okay. Yeah. And I will tell you that when they're when they're constant, see, one thing isn't going to change. One thing is not going to change is you're still going to have a, you're still going to have more Republicans in counties like Blair and Burks. They're going to be they're going to be hungry for change and, and better elections. And they're going to insist it happens. And you're going to they're going to be people up there. There's going to be primaries <laughs> likely to primary people out that are inactive or inept. Okay, we're going to have a change within the party. You said it earlier. We're going to have a change within the party. We're going to have we're going to have people come up that want to affect change and they're not going to get away with fraud in every election. They're not going to get away with running software to flip votes. They're just not. Okay, they can't do it because people are looking for it. Okay, so they're going to be looking for it. They got caught. And this is not Venezuela, where these people have a carte blanche and can use any machine they want without any questions. People in their own party don't want this fraud. Okay, so Clay, these- if, if any Clay, if any of our listeners 
who hearts are breaking tonight, who want Trump in four years if he doesn't make it this time around. This must happen. There's no if, ands, or buts. This this must happen because if we don't clean up all this criminality, the United States will never have a true president again. But but and I agree. But but we've gone through a lot of stress before. 1861 was a big moment, as you said. Lincoln had to suspend habeas corpus. There's all kinds of issues that went on with Lincoln. But I want you to understand. I I do believe, and I I, I just think that the scales when the scales are removed from people, th- there's nothing can stop that. I mean, what you, what we have to understand is, you know, we have to make no mistake in this and understand. That if we wish to change things, we have to stay involved, stay engaged, and we have to bring people in that are going to bring about and facilitate the change that we're looking for. Look, we can't have people that are more interested in civility in politics. We can't have people more interested in civility and meeting people and compromising with people, okay, who want to defund the police or end or eliminate ICE. There is no compromise with someone that wants to get rid of law enforcement and put in social workers. There's no compromise with someone that wants to eliminate private health care. Now, they won't be able to do that. So there's going to be a lot of things that they think they can do and they're not going to be able to do. And so our people need to understand. There's a lot Especially of things. That are, there's going to be a lot of things that they want to do that they cannot do. They're not even constitutional. Some of these things. I mean, they've already no, ruled. You can't. They can't get rid of private health care. They can't do it. They're not going to get rid of it. That's not going to happen. The public will not accept it. Every two years is an election, and I'm telling you, the public is not going to accept this fraud. And when seven out of 10 Americans believe that this election was stolen from Trump, and then the people that are coming in are the same people that want to make you pay by closing restaurants so you can't enjoy a night out with your wife or your your husband, okay, not for safety's sake, no, 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 just because they want to instill a little bit of misery and they want to, they want to just enlist, they want to bring about some, some control over your life. No, these are the people that want control. And what you do is you unmask these people and the media, I mean, the media won't even be able to give them cover and they're not going to want to give them cover. Because when you can, when they're controlling all the policy or or the policy attempts and the stonewalling that's out there, they're going to, you're going to watch this. You're going to see the scales fall back. Look, people want civility. Republicans in, in their DNA want to get along and compromise. That's the problem with a Republican and a godly person. But profane people are not interested in compromise, and they're certainly not interested in, in, in civility. Not, there are people in, in, in the establishment country club Republican settings that are more interested in speaking politely to everybody than they are in standing up for what's right and telling them, your policy to defund the police is wrong. Instead, they say, well, you know, I guess you could maybe throw in some social workers, I guess, if we know the call is this or that. They always try to find a compromise <laughs> to the screwball law that they want to do. 
And this is how, this is what happens. These Republicans, we have no room for those Republicans. We need people in Washington and in Harrisburg that are going to tell somebody that your call to defund the police is wrong and not offer suggestions on how you can meet them halfway and defund some of it. Or, or your call for sanctuary cities is wrong because the evidence is here and this is what you have and the cost for this maintaining and such. They're not going to have the money they want for these cities. They're not going to have the money they want for these cities. They're not going to get it. And they're all going to, they're going to be sitting there and they're going to be thinking, well, we can't get the money for the sanctuary cities. This is what they're so angry about. But the people in these cities are getting tired of this. And every two years there's an election for the House and, the, and the, you know, in this in that Pennsylvania House and the U.S. House. And we just have to understand and be ready to understand that these, that the American public, the people in this state are going to see very clearly what these Democrats are all about. They're going to see it. Yes, there's no working across, there's no working across the aisle anymore at the uh, rally I had two days after the election in Hollisburg. Over a hundred people showed up and, and it was like, uh, I took two days to organize it. And um, there, there were a Sabbath establishment Republicans who tried to stop me. But anyway, uh, one of my messages there was there is no working across the aisle. This is a war. I think this is the wake up. This is a war. Uh, There was a uh, legislation uh, that Democrats were putting in the committee to test our children to see if they're sane. And we said to Judy Ward, no, don't do it because it's, it's a back door to take our rights away. Who's who's going to decide whether or not they're seen? Oh, you talk to God. Do you hear him too? Good luck on trying to to, to get a gun when he's eighteen, right? So all their motives are 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 just dark. And so that's right. It's a different time. It's a different day. It's not the same old Democratic Party. You need candidates that are awakened to that. That the Republicans have to be a wall until we can get back in again because we have to be a wall to I you know you're on the legislative committee with with me and it's it's exhausting to see they they never stop trying every day they're throwing things out at you uh in in the senate hearings now and this is what the uh listeners can do they can contact their senators they want to strengthen the uh hate crime laws well who do you think they're going to hurt uh and it's it's to uh, if, if there's a, a racial uh, situation and immediately if it's a white person, a black person, well, guess what? Um, if, if, if they can charge a white person with a hate crime, they will. If, if, it's, if, if it's a hate crime caused by a black person in, in a Democratic city like Philadelphia, you think they're going to go to jail? And it's ridiculous to keep doing things on, on, on race. I mean, a crime is a crime. If you steal you and you get five years for it, you should get it for, no matter what color you are. Well, and that's that, what they're trying to do. Well, one thing is for sure. I've been saying on this show and our, our listeners, I've been talking about the Trump sting. And I believe that Trump had a sting on this election fraud. And I believe he let them come in the front door so he could sting them. Okay. I think Trump made the mistake of underestimating the strength and the, and the strength of resolve that our Republican lawmakers would have when they found out about the fraud. I just am amazed. I agree. He's amazed that they weren't as 
outraged about it. They were more, well, gee, am I, is what I see real? Am I really seeing fraud here? Uh, you know, I, I can remember talking to some lawmakers and they said, well, we need evidence. I'm like, so you don't think eyewitness, eyewitness, sworn eyewitness affidavits from eyewitnesses is, is evidence? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express once, but I'm not a lawyer. I know that an eyewitness <laughs> testimony, I think eyewitness testimony is pretty significant. Okay. Yeah. And you've got lots of eyewitness testimony. And, and here we have, and the, the Republican lawmakers are like, gee, there's nothing we can do. They're wringing their hands. Well, there is things that we can do, and we need to, we need to be looking at that. But I think Trump underestimated the lack of resolve and the, the strength and the, the chutzpah in these Republican lawmakers. You said it best. What's going to happen in two years? My guess, I mean, you know, my guess, I mean, if, uh, out, of the, out of all the, out of, out of Harrisburg's Republicans, out of all those in the House, I think there's like 125 in the House. I mean, I wouldn't put it past half of them to be gone and new people running in those seats. That's what I think you're going to see. In the Senate, you're going to see a lot of people wanting to step up and run and take the seats from these people that, in primaries. Well, I think the primary is the way to go, and I think that's what the process is. I mean, when you have people that don't stand up for the law, don't stand up for the right and the decent, they, they don't stand up for to do their job, then they get replaced in primaries. And as far as, I mean, you got to understand, too, there's only so much you can do in a republic. This is not a democracy. It's still a republic. And so what you have is you it is a rule of law nation. So you have to either twist the meaning of, of laws. Like you said, they want to change. They want to change the hate crime legislation. Well, they got to be careful. They don't right. cross into the realm. They got to be careful. They don't cross into the realm of civil rights. Okay, you can't deny someone due process. So there's a lot of things that do come out. They're going to run into their own little roadblocks. They got their little, they got their little, their little, uh, you know, their little wish list of punishments for society. But they may get through 10 percent. That's what hate crimes does. They have they, they have gone into that realm of civil rights, because if you're their political enemy, and they can say, no, 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 you did it because you just hate black people. And so instead of getting five years, you get 30 years. I mean, that's a, that's a really efficient way of getting rid of your enemy. Well, I think the thing of it is, though, they, that the due process is what you have to have. They got to prove things and you just you got to have proof. But I will tell you, uh, and juries don't always see it that way. So and, and again, you know, look, you know and nor do. And uh, nor do these uh, Democratic judges who are legislating from the bench. There's a real danger here, Clay, well, you know. Well, the last I checked, last I checked, Trump appointed 30 percent of all federal judges across the country. OK, he just appointed them. Yeah. yeah. OK, so I will so I will suggest. To, we, I, yeah, yeah, I will suggest that there's going to be the federal judges. Well, I think when you call oh, the civil rights, civil rights gets you there. Look, the bottom the bottom yeah. line is the bottom line is you have to you know we we don't want to get ourselves into a lot of worry and borrow all this trouble. We don't need to borrow trouble, okay? We need to have confidence in our in the people that we have there and confidence in the process 
but above all, confidence in God that he can protect us. That not only can protect us, he can provide for us. And not only can he provide for us, but he can make a way for us. And not only can he make a way for us, but he can make our enemies fall into their own traps. Now, I I have personally seen in my life God's handiwork in these Mm -hmm. areas. So I'm confident in God's ability to do all things. And as I stated earlier in the show, but God... That phrase is talked about 44 times in the King James Version, but God. But I will tell you, you know, Trish, I mean, we can do the right thing. We can certainly continue to press to to keep legislation free from nonsense, but also to encourage people to run for seats where they can maybe make a difference. Because you're going to see people running for seats to take seats from people that are just not the baton carriers. What I see so much of in, in, in Harrisburg is we have a lot of people that are committed to a principle, but none of them want to pick up the baton and run and start the relay. A relay being the relay race. Okay, you got to hand the baton off to the next runner. You don't see that. There's nobody wanting to pick up the baton and go. What the Democrats seem to have is they got all these baton carriers. They got all these people that want to pick up the baton and run. We don't have that. We get a bunch of people standing around saying, mm-hmm. who's going to pick up the baton and run? So we need warriors. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, they're, they're better fighters. They're just better at doing what they do because they've been at it. But I will yeah. tell you that the change in politics can bring people. It, it can bring change. I mean, with the, every two years is an election. And the people that are going to be running for these state seats are the are the school board members. They're the township supervisors, the borough council, borough mayor. These are the people running for these state representative seats. So if we can take those seats from the Democrats in Berks County and in Blair County, as well as other counties, then we can keep the Democrats from having anybody in the batting cages to get up and take a swing. What I can tell you is the Democrats lost seats in Pennsylvania. They lost like That's five right. house seats. They lost five house seats. They also lost like one or I think they lost one or two Senate seats, certainly one. But they lost five house seats. They also lost a row officer seats. The Democrats lost like 30 con- con- congressional seats. Every toss-up seat was run was won by a Republican, every one of them. Okay, we flipped two House chambers. We added two more, which will be great when the census comes around for the district. Okay, right. So, but they they only play they only play games with the presidency, right? Well, I think the thing of it is is like I keep, I'm a, I'm going to point to Bull Run again. The South yeah. routed routed the Northern armies at Bull Run. They didn't just beat them, Trish. They routed them. They had them running scared when it was over. And the South the South went off rejoicing, saying, look what we were able to do. We beat the mighty northern armies. And the North was licking their wounds. But they regrouped. And after four years of hard war, right prevailed. Believe it. I well, mean, I'm with you on that. Clay. 
Yep. I'm with you on that. And we just got to understand it and, and have that faith and know that, look, we can pull this off. Once they see these Democrats for who they really are, once that happens, once the Democrats sit, I've, I said this before, I'll say, it, I'll say it again, regardless of everything else, the way the politics is going to work, the people that see fraud today are going to see fraud tomorrow. And the way the elections are run and the way they're going to have these, there's going to be, the state committee is going to be prepared in a different way to make sure that we have a, some sort of a, a, of a of a SWAT team, if you will, in place to ensure that our poll workers get in. And if not, we, we file it right then and there. I don't know how they were running it before, but... Clay, this is important, though. Our committees, our local committees, uh, if they have chairs right now that don't want to do the work, well, fine. But then the the members of the committee themselves are the few, that 10%, that 3% that shows up all the time. They have to start um, recruiting people to be judges and inspectors. No one ever fills that on the ballot, you know. And those now people know how important those positions are. I mean, every every district should have inspectors and, and um, judges. So uh, that's certainly something we can work on. And I, I do want to uh, end this more positively. I, I said to you earlier that, you know, this all didn't happen overnight. This has been years and years in the planning. Uh, Trump uh, was the thorn in their side. And um, but through it all, uh, those who have been faithful to God, God has been faithful to us. And through all of our trials, uh, uh, when we trust in him, we become stronger and he has taken care of all of our needs. And if we keep praying for discernment, we will uh, be able to uh, be that wonderful army you, you say we need to be. Well, how we'll handle it too. And, and again, we've learned we're a lot smarter today than we were in no on november 2nd okay mm -hmm. and i will tell you these machines you, you run the tests on these machines to make sure that they're accurate before the vote and then you make sure they're not hooked up to the internet and then you make sure that uh, you threaten jail time to anybody that commits connects one to the internet you know and uh or whatever yeah. threaten jail time to anybody that commits fraud and tries to commit treason in some capacity but what I will suggest again is, you know, you you look you you look at how the country has survived all these things before. You know, you know, like I said before, mm -hmm. I, I mean, nobody wants nobody wanted this to happen more than than more than you and I, okay? As far as this mm -hmm. Texas suit, but there's still suits pending, and but God, this can still turn right. for Trump. This can still turn for Trump. It can. If Wisconsin turns, if the Pennsylvania case is still alive, he still has a case in front right, of the Supreme right. Court. So, you know, I, I think there's something to be said of that. And, and I think they're going to limit their judgments. They're going to limit what they do in judgments. That's a that's by design. The SCOTUS does not want to rule on every case that comes in front of them. That's by design. Yeah. So they don't have all this precedent right. messing things up. So the, the what we're going to be looking at and what these cases are going forward, the, he has a strong case in Pennsylvania. 
He has a strong case in Wisconsin. He has a strong case in Georgia. They're going to be relooking at things in Arizona. This election is not over. So we have to tell our listeners to keep the faith again, to, t- to continue to keep the faith and continue to do right. what's right and continue to hold right. on and pray. And that's what it, right. what's really interesting about about God and, and about our faith in God. You know, I remember, you know, if we look back and we say, who was in, in our life that that introduced us to Jesus? Who, who was it? You know, my grandmother was a Seventh-day Adventist and, and she, uh, I remember, I mean, it was her for me and watching her right. lifestyle and watching her, it inspired me to, that there was something more than just what we see. And, and I think, you know, when we go and we, when we go through, we have to understand, we have to have faith and we, we have to reference back. Our pastor in Florida one time made a comment to us. He made, he said to me, he said, he said, you, you want to get nostalgic with God. He says, you want to look back and see how he worked in your life and try to remember mm-hmm. the incidents. He says, if you can remember to write them down and go back to it, that's fine. He said, but oftentimes God just brings them into your heart when you think about them and you'll just bring them up. They have more meaning when God puts them in your heart to see anyway. But to get nostalgic, to look back on God's providence and his his ability to do all things. I can tell you going through my life and I'm telling you, I and my wife and I were talking about this. I can see all the instances where God intervened in my world, as I'm sure you can, Trish. And that faith helps us. And that's what we trust in. Not trusting in what we see. And I'm certainly not trusting in winning, in in their winning the first battle of Bull Run. I know how that war turned out. Right. Okay. We just have to have the faith that God can do. I mean, Trish, you can reference back on God working in your life. Who was it that introduced you to Jesus? Oh, I'm sure it was my mother, but I, when I think of uh, Christ, I, I remember going to kindergarten when uh, it was be like walking five, then you could walk five or 10 city blocks without people hurting children. I used to make room for Jesus on the sidewalk. I would talk to him all the time. I don't know. I don't know a life without him. And he has always shown up for me whenever I've called on him. And I, I make it uh, a practice to thank him for all the things that he's doing for, for me that I'm not even aware of. And, I mean, I, I used to um, design and sell custom homes in Princeton until he called me to the prison. And um, I had to tell my husband I had to leave a very, very good job and, um, and volunteer at the prisons in, in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And all the doors just opened up. I got a call from the retired assistant secretary of defense, Lou, Nag- Lou Naglak. And he says, Trish, I hear you're coming to the prison. Do you need any help? And that started the Sonny and Cher hour, hour because uh, he was this little stoic guy and, and I was tall and, and not stoic. And, um, and we did a prison ministry there for a couple of years until he called me to a, a town called Altoona. So, um, I see it all the time and you have to be looking. And I think what people don't spend enough time doing is they talk at God, but they don't spend enough time sitting and saying, 
Lord, I'm showing up. I'm here and I'm listening. I want to learn how to listen. So I think uh, that's very important. But yes, every day I, I see the Lord every day. Well, we, we, we can rest on that and encourage our listeners, encourage members in our party. I think, as I said to you before, I believe that the the uh, the, the Republican Party is turning more and more into a, uh, a party of faith-seeking people. Uh, we see it in the Pennsylvania Republican Committee. There's a whole lot of us there. And I think that we're going to start seeing, uh, I think the, the way you have a revolutionary change, if you will, in a party the way it happens is you, 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 you have to have something like this happen, okay? And then you have to trust in the fact that yes, there's a lot of, a lot of promised punishments by pe- by these people, but we have to have the faith in mm-hmm. knowing that there's only so much they can do in so little time. There's only so much they can do in so little time. So even though they have promised punishments, they can't just run carte blanche. This is a republic. And they're going to have a problem. And even if they were able to manage that Senate, it wouldn't matter because there's a lot of things that can happen. And uh, I, I think that, you know, you, losing elections happens because they go off the deep end with their twisted, corrupt, right is wrong and wrong is right and hot is cold theory. OK. And cold is hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they get into this, 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 this messed up, twisted theology and it doesn't connect with anybody. I was talking to uh, one of my yeah. one of my other guests on a show one time, and we we're talking about why is it why is it that liberal talk shows, liberal opinion shows, because this is an opinion show, and our listeners are tuning in mm-hmm. now for our expert opinion, Trish. So that's why they listen to us. Okay. So I mean, but this is an mm-hmm. opinion show. Why do conservative opinion shows take off and liberals don't? It's because with opinion, you got to have some facts. You got to have some right, substance, truth. truth and substance right, and right. facts with with, a, with, you know, so with an opinion. If you don't, nobody wants to hear it. So a liberal talk show, when they start talking about defunding the police after about 30 seconds, everybody's tuned out. When they start talking about That's sanctuary right. cities after about 30 seconds, everyone's tuned out because mm-hmm. they can't connect with those policies. They cannot connect with twisted, corrupt policies. They did not win with policies. They won with cheating. At least they think they did, and it's right. not over yet. And the public knows that. And there's nothing more there's nothing more disturbing to the public when they see that someone won through cheating in a game. You you look at them and you're like, okay, well then you need to you need to get beat in the next time we play, because I'm watching for your cheating next time. You're not gonna play that game on me the next time. I know the rules of the game, and that's not going to happen to me the second time. Well, I'm afraid that this is the, the this is the thunderbolt uh, clay that wakes up the sheep. Well, I think I think that there's a lot of people that see this. I think the scales are going to come from their eyes. They're going to start seeing an awful lot. But we're and we're going to be talking in our next show uh, about Hunter Biden. But but there's a lot of stuff coming out on him, and everyone's going to be asking the same question. Why weren't we hearing this two months ago? And it's because the media the media lied to you. That's why. They lied to you. They censored the conservative stories. They they censored the news. And the conservative attempt to put the, the news out. 
Yeah, but look, a big tech uh, was a, a big player in that too. And, uh, yep. you know, we are controlled. Um, freedom uh, is an illusion. We we have definitely been in, in a position now of, of uh, being controlled and uh, having our rights shut down. And we have to fight. Well, we're going to keep fighting. We have to end it there. Um, I thank you all for tuning in today. Thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today and for making us your guidepost in this time of political upheaval. Because, folks, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of upheaval going on. But you tune in to us for our expert opining and uh, against their intolerance, okay? And uh, that's why you're here. You want our experience and our generosity versus their avarice, okay, and their ignorance. That's why you're here. So thanks for tuning in to us. See you next week on The Point. For Trish Haight, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.